the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Sometimes when we are having conversations with someone, there are misunderstandings between the two people talking because they have different ideas about what is actually being discussed. My mother and I have to sometimes make extra clarifying statements to make certain that we are discussing the same thing. Here's an example. One of my dear friends is named Kathy Young. She is an Episcopalian, and she was the leader of our EFM group at St. Philip's in Beeville. And she is married to Richard, who is also a very dear friend. And there's a little problem. Richard has a sister, and her name is Kathy Young. So when we're talking about seeing Kathy or visiting with Kathy or going to Kathy's house to enjoy a glass of wine, we have to be clear as to which Kathy we are talking about. So we say things like, well, my Kathy invited me to go to their house or I saw your Kathy in the grocery store. It's become a little bit of a joke between all of us, so much so to the point that when I send my mother's Kathy mail, I always address the envelope to Kathy Young, the other. Well, that is not all so together different from our gospel passage this morning. Our blessed Lord is having a conversation with Nicodemus, and it appears that they are talking at cross purposes, not understanding each other. Nicodemus, a Pharisee and teacher of the Torah, the law, knows that there is something unique about Jesus, about his teaching, and about the works that he does. But he cannot quite put his finger on it. It's like he knows that there's a Kathy Young in town, but he's really, really, really confused about who she is. Jesus is a teacher, a wonder worker. And it is apparent to Nicodemus that he is sent from God, but he doesn't quite understand what is truly happening. Now, we need to pause our story just there and learn something about the gospel according to St. John. Because there's a hidden key, if you will, in understanding what John is trying to tell us. St. John uses some literary devices throughout the gospel that help clue us, the readers and the hearers, into information not given in the other three Gospels. There was one of these literary devices near the beginning of the passage, and it is that Nicodemus has come to Jesus at night. Why is this important? Well, to gain a little understanding, we need to think about what night means. It means it's dark outside. Perhaps Nicodemus is coming during the nighttime hours because he is afraid of being seen. Or, night can also mean that there is a lack of perceiving what is really presented to you, as in your understanding of a subject is sort of dark or obscure. Maybe John is trying to tell us that Nicodemus' mind is not enlightened to the point of understanding. That would be in contrast to John 4, the next chapter, where Jesus meets the woman at the well in Samaria, and we are told that it is noonday, bright sunlit skies, and she does have understanding. Nicodemus comes to Jesus in the dark 
to ask puzzling and hard questions, to gain understanding of who is this Messiah, this anointed one of Israel. And he perhaps leaves more puzzled than when he first came. We know that he eventually comes to understand what Jesus means by his other appearances in the Gospel of John, but they're not presented to us in this story today. And that is where we need to sit for just a little while. We need to be as comfortable with Nicodemus of John 3 and not the Nicodemus who will eventually stand up to the Sanhedrin and assist Joseph of Arimathea with the burial of Jesus on Good Friday. One of the things that we Western Christians get wrong, much to our detriment, is that we don't sit very well with doubts or with a lack of understanding or with questions that truly challenge everything we know about God, about Jesus, about the Holy Spirit, and about the church. Sometimes when we do ask those questions, we are either ridiculed or made to feel guilty for even having those thoughts or even having those questions, or we're given answers by well-meaning people who have either never pondered those questions before or give us the most simplistic answers to complicated questions that we leave church doubting that the institution that we love even cares for us as individuals because it seems like everything just has to be sunshine and roses. Well, let me say this, and I'm going to be as clear about this as I can. Questions about the nature of God, the church, salvation, morals, ethics, theology, Jesus' life and ministry, whatever else you may have bouncing around in your minds are always welcomed in this church, in this parish. It is questions that we ask that sometimes teach us the most valuable lessons that we have. It is questions that are presented in the Holy Gospels that compel Jesus to give some of the answers that we hold dear and trust in with all of our might. Teacher, what is the greatest commandment? To love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself. Question and an answer. But there's a second point about questions that we also need to acknowledge, and it is that sometimes, oftentimes, there are no easy answers. And there's not a clear cut and dry answer to many of our questions. For those questions, we shouldn't, we mustn't let that perceived lack of a good answer drive us away from our faith. One of my beloved professors at Baylor University, Dr. Terry York, often remarked that we must learn to become comfortable living in the questions living in a state of searching for an answer that appears elusive or perhaps is never justifiably answered the right way. It's living like Nicodemus in the night, looking for a sunrise in the east, but actually not being all that sure which direction east is, but you look for the sunrise anyways. 
Modern Western Christians, some of our mega church culture, is uncomfortable with questions. I think there's a lot of reasons for that, but that's another discussion for a different time. It's easy to live life without a questioning faith. But notice something about this passage. Nicodemus asks questions of Jesus, and Jesus answers, which then leads Nicodemus to ask more questions and Jesus to then give more answers. Do you know what that means? It means that Jesus not only wants us to ask questions of him, but he invites us to probe and to wonder, to ask and to keep asking difficult questions. While our culture likes soundbite clips and answers to everything explained in simple and unchallenging terms, Christianity is a faith that questions everything. Remember the leader of the synagogue. Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. In a little while, we will celebrate the Holy Eucharist. The praying to God the Father that simple bread and wine become the elements in which his Son, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, is present with us. Body, blood, divinity, and essence. It is hard to understand. No one fully can comprehend it. It is one of our sacred mysteries, a term that we need to resurrect and renew in our day and age. And so, come to this altar with your doubts, with your questions, with your hard yearnings, and even the hurts that you have, and give them to our blessed Lord. Because he will take them, and he will feed us, and he will give us what we truly need back in return. We are all Nicodemus when we come here, searching for truth. Let us leave this time a little more certain, a little more full, ready to go into a world that doesn't know the truth. A prayer for guidance from our Book of Common Prayer. O God, by whom the meek are guided in judgment and light riseth up in darkness for the godly, grant us in all our doubts and uncertainties the grace to ask what thou wouldest have us to do, that the spirit of wisdom may save us from all false choices and that in thy light we may see light, and in thy straight paths we may not stumble. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. From the Gospel according to St. Mark. So Jesus asked his father, How long has this been happening to him? And the father said, From childhood. And often it has thrown him both into the fire and into the water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. And Jesus said to him, if you believe, all things are possible to him who believes. Immediately the father of the child 
cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. A prayer of St. Ephraim the Syrian. O Lord and Master of my life, keep from me the spirit of indifference and discouragement, lust of power and idle chatter. Instead, grant to me, your servant, the spirit of wholeness of being, humble-mindedness, patience, and love. O Lord and King, Grant me the grace to be aware of my sins and not to judge my brothers. For you are blessed now and ever and forever. Amen.